0: The, the Christmas story is told in so many different ways in the Gospels. And, you know, Luke talks about the, the baby in the manger. But the Gospel of John begins with a more cosmic Christmas in the beginning. In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. It ties Christ to the, the entire cosmos says, without him, nothing was made that has been made. That somehow the miracle of Christmas is this incredible story. I mean, think about it tonight. Tonight, tomorrow, like around planet Earth, people are going to stop and celebrate Jesus Christ. All over this planet. When I was doing some reading, getting ready for the service, and, and I was reading actually a book about Jesus, and so I thought it would be a good start. And uh, and so when I opened it up, the book started, and the whole thing was about Alexander the Great, and I thought, where in the world is this going? And I read chapter or page after page about Alexander the Great, and you know, I, I knew a little bit about him, but I guess I didn't know that much, and I started looking it up because said he traveled here, he was 20 years old, 20 when he took over for his dad's army. And his military just grew and grew and grew, and he tried to conquer the entire world. And he lived for another 12 or 13 years. And he earned himself the title, Alexander the Great. He was the original goat. When they measured what is a man, they said, Alexander is the, the measure of a man. When, whatever it was that they prized for, for manliness, it was that, that Alexander the Great. And, and then I started looking on the map, and it, I started seeing, like, well, I, I know that there was this very, very large city in Egypt called Alexandria. But I looked, and there were other cities that he named Alexandria and then there was another one, and then there was another one. And finally, I had to look it up. He, in his travels, named 70, founded and named 70 cities after himself. He said, Chris, where are you going with this? Question This weekend, the entire planet will pause to celebrate the birth of a baby in a manger from a little. Hamlet, Nazareth. Alexander the Great, his father gave him the Aristotle to be his tutor. He named 70 cities after himself. Anybody here can name the birthday of Alexander the Great? I don't think so. How is it that a person with so much power and so much grandeur could just be swept away in history? And this humble carpenter, born in a manger, changed our world forever. How is it there were no cities named Jesus when he died? Somehow, some way, This birth was special. This life was special. This was absolutely different. Somehow that star and that manger are connected. Um, We were watching movies the other day, and it was almost like I knew it was going to happen. There was this It was like, I don't know if it was a commercial or something, but for the longest time, there was this globe. And it came on the TV, and it just paused. And it was just, it was the Earth. And it was just spinning, and like in space, suspended. And you know, Charlie, who's now five, is just getting her bearings on all this. Like, she came home and recited The Planets the other day, you know, and now she knows the con There's a song about the continents. North America, South America. Don't forget. I forgot them. But anyway, they're good. It's a good song. And so she's looking at this, this, this globe, and she's just, it's the first, and she asks this question. She goes, Dad, how does the water that's on the bottom of the earth not spill into space? I said, ask your mom, <laughs> she's really good at science. How does that? So what what do I do, go into a big lecture on gravity? Which, actually, you could ask a scientist and they really don't know either. How does it? Well, we have a word. We just picked a word, but it doesn't explain anything. It's all so much bigger than we know. In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. And the Word became flesh and made his dwelling among us. This was no ordinary baby. You see, to me, the story of Christmas is the greatest story that's ever been told. There have been Alexander the Greats and Genghis, Genghis Khans, and all these other people who have tried to conquer the world, but somehow this baby in a manger won the day. The one who didn't use the sword, the one who chose the path of love and grace and forgiveness. Somehow love was a more powerful force than any sword could ever muster. But to me, the story of Christmas is about God's desire to live in relationship with you and with me. That's the story of Christmas. Relationship. It's a love story. For God so loved that he gave his son. It's the greatest love story ever. It's the soft, sentimental love story you know of the manger. And it's the stubborn, tough, sacrificial love of the cross. When I think of the cross, I think of a relentless love that will, won't quit. There's not a whip. There, there's not a wound. There's not anything that would deter him from going the distance. It's tough love. When I think of Mary in the manger, I think of tender love. Almost like masculine and feminine love or something. I don't know about in, in your house, but do, do you guys ever fight over the remote? I mean, our house is just war. We really fight over the remote a lot. And I got to be honest with you. I am really selfish with the remote. I'll just confess. I'll get a confession out to I hate the stuff she watches. It's terrible. We get there and it's like, guess Christmas season. What do you want to watch? Hallmark movie. No, I don't, I don't want to watch a Hallmark. I don't want to. He's like, all you watch are war documentaries. That's all you watch. And you know, I, f- I was sitting there, I was reflecting on it, and I said, you know what? The funny thing is, we both love the same thing. We both love love. I mean, I grew up in Flint, so maybe mine's a little macho branded, but I, I mean, I'm almost in tears watching these paratroopers drop into... France, you know, and they're giving their life and they're, they're, they're spilling their blood and they're hugging each other. And, and you think about like these warriors who are giving their life and it's a whole different level of love. It's as if we're programmed, we're, we're hardwired to love. Can I tell you something? No matter what you have in life, I mean, you name it, No matter what you have, no matter what you drive, no matter where you get to live, if you don't have love as a part of it, it is empty and dry and absolutely meaningless. And you could try it. A lot of people have, a lot of people do. But the conclusion's always the same. It's empty without love. The whole point of Christmas is God wants to love us and live in relationship with us. That's the point. For God so loved that he gave. And how does God do this relationship? Not not like people believe it on the street today. Not like a lot of people heard growing up. I, I mean, I hate to say it, but God's no dictator I mean, the story of Christmas is absolute humility. If there's one thing that I get from the Christmas story, it's the humility of God. The desire to be in relationship so much that he becomes this vulnerable baby. Now, there's nothing more approachable and lovable than a baby. It was God's way of screaming at us, I love you, and I want to be in relationship with you. Relationships are so powerful, they change us in such profound ways. And if I could describe God in any way, I would say God is the God who wants to be in relationship with you, He's a loving Father. Sometimes that love is tender like the manger and sometimes that love is tough like the cross where he goes the distance for you. When you think of the road to the cross, you think of so many off-ramps, exits, opportunities to escape that Jesus had, but he kept marching. Out of his love for you and his love for me He marched toward the cross. And when he got to the part in the garden where he he was arrested, he prayed as it were sweating drops of blood. And he says, Father, let this cup, this suffering, pass from me. It was real suffering for you. It was real suffering for me. And in his humanness and his weakness, he, he prayed to the Father, let it stop. I can't do anymore. And then he said, Nevertheless, not in my will, but yours be done. You've been there. Some of you have shown tough love for people around you. I'm not talking about you were tough with them, I'm talking about you went through some tough things. And you were at a point where you wanted to quit. Some of you dads who get up early to work. Some of you moms who work two jobs. Whatever it is, you just keep going. Out of what? Love. Out of love. Christ kept going. Nevertheless, not my will but yours be done. Can I tell you something? All of this is about one thing. God wants you to know how much he loves you and wants to live in a relationship with you. A lot of times what people misunderstand is they think it's some sort of religion. You'd sign up for some rules and for some rituals and you get graded all the time. Friends, I can't tell you how far that is from the truth. I mean, relationship, where God wants to speak to you on a Thursday afternoon, where God wants to whisper to you on Monday morning, where God wants to hear you cry on a Saturday night, and yes, fellowship with you on a Sunday morning. But it's a relationship that stays with you all throughout your day, all throughout your week, through your ups and through your downs and your highs and lows. God hangs with you. And when Jesus left, he said this, I am with you always. I am with you always, even to the end of the age. I could line up a lot of people up here. I've never met anyone. I've never met anyone that could genuinely say that this wasn't true. They would all say the same thing. What I value in my life more than anything are the relationships. And the most valuable relationship that you have is your relationship with God. And so as we share the Lord's Supper tonight, We're gonna take the bread and the cup in just a minute. And as we prepare to, I want you to think about this. How deeply God loves you. No matter what kind of year this has been, I want you to remember this. God loves you and he wants to live in a relationship with you. Relationship. And maybe as we turn the page from one year to the next, it'd be a good time to say goodbye to some stuff that's been holding you back, holding you down, to let go of the past, let go of the past failures and screw-ups, and let go of your own mistakes, and start brand new, start fresh. Receive God's grace today. Receive his love and open your heart to living in an everyday relationship. I want to first of all say thanks to all the hardworking people that made Christmas so special tonight. And um, I want to wish you and your family Very Merry Christmas. And in a minute, we're going to light candles and sing together. And uh, as we light candles, I want you to think about somebody. I want you to think about somebody that you love. I want you to think maybe about someone that you've lost this year. I know one of the things that I do every single year is when I walk around, I talk to all the different families, Uh, many who are here tonight who... We did a funeral for this year. We buried a loved one this year. This is the time of year where we miss them deeply. We think about them. And I think tonight it's an opportunity for us to refocus our priorities. Think about what matters the most in life. You know, the Story in Matthew, the wise men, they follow the star. They follow it. They follow it until it leads them to Christ. And so, what I'd like to leave you with tonight is to think about this What are you following? What are you chasing? Oh, Chris, I'm not chasing anything. I'm just living my life. I'm just doing my thing. But no, maybe think about it a little bit. I think we're all following something or someone. We're chasing. And the problem is, a lot of people, we've been talked into chasing the wrong stuff, and it's exhausting. It's exhausting and it's empty. Or as the writer in Ecclesiastes says, it's like chasing the wind. It's something that you just never find satisfaction because you never arrive. You never catch it. But the wise men, they followed the star. I think there's a star shining in your life if you're willing to see it. See, not everybody saw the star, but these particular men, they did. I got to suppose if it was shining, it was shining for all to see, but only some saw it. And I think there's a star shining in your light and in your life tonight if you'll see it. And where would it lead you? I think it would lead you here. To the Christ to a relationship with God that somehow deep inside of us we know that this, this wonder of Christmas speaks to a, a deep level inside of us what is it you're chasing really what is it that you're really after And I would say, maybe this is a good time to change your pursuits. You know, the other day, like, you know, when you're raising a five year old, they always want something. And her birthday's in December. She got a boatload of presents two weeks ago. Christmas is coming up. How many, no, she's been talking about presents nonstop since september and we go to the store to get some groceries and what does she want a present i'm trying to explain to her in the store that you know you, you and this is the truth you haven't even opened all the presents that you got from your birthday yet they're still lined up and somehow in this little mind all she can see is all the glitter at walmart on the toy aisle and it it calls to her. I must open that. I must. And the funny thing is, as we get older, we're, we're just not that different. We're still enamored by the glitter. It calls to us. And we feel like, I must open that. I must have you. And we pursue and we pursue. But I'm telling you, if you find your way here, all the chasing and the pursuing, you can put to rest. You can find yourself at peace. I was trying to tell Charlie this. She's too young to get it. But maybe you'll get it. You're torturing yourself. That's what you're doing. You're torturing. I'm not going to buy it for you. So we can start right here at the beginning. I'm not buying it for you. The answer is no. But what happens for the entire, all the way up and down all the aisles? We're next to peanut butter, and she's still talking about the glitter. (laughs) Torturing yourself. I feel like one of the things that's happened is we've missed the peace of Christmas because we're torturing ourselves with the toys of this world. We're chasing all of this stuff that's never gonna make us happy anyway. Happiness is down in here, it's here. So this Christmas, let it be a a new resolution for you. That instead of chasing the latest thing Follow the star. See where it takes you. The star is the voice of God. The star is that guiding light in your life that you know when it gets dark out, you know that that's the one you're supposed to follow. I know during the daytime, it gets a little noisy and loud and people start clamoring for you, but you know, when it gets quiet, you know, you know where the star is. The wonder... Of Christmas, the faith of a child.